Hello, 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 and welcome to Non-Dairy Presenting, the podcast for people who've had to explain to a family member that chicken is not vegetarian. I am your host, Aurelia St. Clair, a Melbourne-based comedian, podcaster, writer, and wife. <laughs> um, and today I have a special episode for you, dear listener, because I am having my very first and possibly only guest on, um, which, yes, it's going to be my wife. Um, as you might know if you've been listening, this is mainly a solo podcast because I don't want other people to come to my house, but also because arranging guests for podcasts is really time consuming and I don't have the time. But without further ado, let's get into our first segment of the podcast, which as always is our tarot reading. The card I have drawn for us today is the Ace of Cups. There are four aces in a tarot deck, one for each suit. So there's an Ace of Wands, the Ace of Cups, Ace of Swords and the Ace of Wands. Um, but today we have the Ace of Cups coming up. This card came upright in this reading and it shows a hand coming out of thin air. So it's kind of a, a surprise, maybe something you weren't expecting. On the hand is our cup and it's overflowing with water. A dove, a white dove is diving into the cup. There's a sort of coin in its beak and there's five streams of water pouring out of the cup into a pond of lilies. The five streams of water stand for our five senses and the water connects to the spiritual, emotional things in our lives. And this cup is literally running over. Um, the dove stands for, I think, love, connection, purity. So this com coming up this week, I think, is a really nice change and a sign of new beginnings, of new things happening and opportunities coming out of thin air where we weren't expecting them. So if you've been feeling Scorpio season like I have, and like many of my friends have, I feel like November has been the hardest month of the year for myself personally. And that kind of translates as well being at the end of the year, you're really keen for everything to be done and to wrap everything up. And when that happens, it's not always straightforward, but we have the Ace of Cups coming up for this week, representing change, newness and connection to your spiritual side and a sense of abundance and maybe you have space to give a little bit more than you have in the last four weeks. So if you can make yourself available to someone, give a listening ear and share some of the abundance that has entered your life, um, this is an encouragement to do so. This is an invitation to also um, take stock of the ways in which you have connected with yourself spiritually and the abundance you might already have in your life or that is just beginning to manifest itself. So 
the Ace of Cups card, as always, I would say look it up if you're interested in tarot. Um, there's a lot of different places you can find out more. And I realized I haven't gone into like a much deeper description, but that's really all you can say. It's a hand coming out of a cloud, lots of water, um, lots of opportunity and a really positive card to come up after a week of last week we had the, the seven of swords a week of you know hesitation holding back hiding and secrets this is really the opposite of that openness emotion overflowing and love um, with that let's get into the interview with Tamara Welcome to Nandari presenting Tamara. How Thank you. does it feel? I feel very special to be maybe your only guest on this <laughs> podcast. My one and only in oh, every way. Thank you. Thank you. Pleased to be here. Are you Nandari presenting? I am in fact Nandari presenting um, and have been since I was a child with sinus issues. So this is really the podcast for me. Blessed. <laughs> Um, so this week we're going to talk about nepotism babies. Mm -hmm. I was just saying that this is quite a nepotistic action, me participating in this podcast to begin <laughs> with, so good it, place to start. It is, but you know what? I will defend this nepotism. <laughs> this is the one nepotism I can stand for, having my wife on my own podcast. Um, but I think this week this came about because of a tweet I read out to you or maybe sent you mm. um, where somebody said Lily Rose Depp is complaining about people calling her a nepotism kid when she's five foot two and walking for Chanel LMAO girl <laughs> in all capitals <laughs> oh yes yeah I, I have some very specific opinions on nepotism in general yeah because my mother is quite well known in the Australian entertainment scene or has been in the past. Um, she's a singer. So I also joined the arts. Joined the arts? It joined like the arts, club. joined the club, <laughs> paid the entry fee. Like the girl guides. It basically was. Um, but because of that, I've always been very conscious about how people view my career um, with respect to her. So I kind of, I felt like when she tweeted... Or did she tweet or she had an interview about nepotism? Yeah, I think this was in an interview. Yeah, I felt kind of empathetic towards the struggle of trying to be recognized on your own terms. But then that tweet really points out how it works on that level of the fact that she would never have been seen by Chanel because of her height. And although that's unfortunate how it works in the industry, it's still the truth. And that she only got in because of her name. Absolutely. I'm going to go a bit further and read out more about what she said. So we're not just making unfounded claims mm, about, mm, mm. you know, somebody who is a billionaire by birth. Yes. <laughs> um, but 
essentially she said people are going to have preconceived ideas about you or how you got there and I can definitely say that nothing is going to get you the part except for being right for the part. Mm. It's weird to me to reduce somebody to the idea that they're only there because it's a generational thing. It just doesn't make any sense. If somebody's mom or dad is a doctor and then the kid becomes a doctor, you're not going to be like, well, you're only a doctor because your parent is a doctor. Um, side note, I 100% would be like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, no, I went to medical school and trained. Okay, no, that is fair. Um, if you are a doctor because your parents are doctors and you went to medical school and trained, I mean, that's obviously a very merit-based thing. But if you're walking the Chanel runway and you're five foot two, mm. I don't know where the merit comes in when literally everyone else has to be at least 5'11". <laughs> yeah, I just kind of find it quite rich that we're all sort of calling merit back in. It's like when I haven't seen Merit, like I don't know her. It, she's been gone for a long time <laughs> as far as I'm concerned in like the pop culture world. Yeah. But suddenly now we're all very focused on Merit and integrity when it comes to to this issue. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I find myself, myself, myself still defending the idea somewhat because it is hard to try and justify independence yeah if you are the daughter or the son or the child of someone who is of note and you choose to follow in the same career path and to a point it also makes sense because lily rose definitely inherited her parents good looks Mm, so why wouldn't she yeah go down that path and if your parent is an actor or a singer and you happen to have their voice or Mm. their talent then why wouldn't you follow that path can we bully people for that yeah Yeah. and I think nepotism is at work everywhere because it's social nepotism as well when you know you only get a job because you know somebody who works at the firm or the place that you want to work at It, it works like that yeah on a low level everywhere it does but it's just because of the platform of celebrity that we just get to admonish these people for it and also I think in some cases it is very it's like warranted because some people's kids are actors or designers or chefs looking at you Brooklyn Beckham who's <laughs> <laughs> never set foot in a commercial kitchen and wouldn't survive a day um, where it depends on what they're doing right like I'd say Brooklyn Beckham as the perfect nepotism baby example who has published a book. Has he? Yeah, he has a book. It's a photography book. Oh. It's the worst, like, photography you'll ever see in your life. It's just them doing rich people stuff, like photos on safari, but they're, like, blurry and out of focus. Oh, God. And then it has, like, one or two lines with some of the pictures. No, thank you. Um, They would never have run otherwise you no know? yeah you're right um, there would have been a nice advance not that he needed it true no he's there yeah they are a well-off family <laughs> <laughs> i think the reason people get mad is because it feels like it takes away the opportunity for somebody more deserving mm. so which begs the question who like what does more deserving mean so not coming from privilege you have to come from struggle to be able to um, succeed with integrity no i i still think i mean let's stick with brooklyn for my little example he, love it. he could be re- very deserving of a book if he had 
gone and studied photography or learn how to use this camera mm-hmm. and put together an interesting photo book shedding light on what it's actually like to be inside a super famous celebrity family mm-hmm. and like traveling the world and letting us in in like a way that's intriguing and entertaining and like cool and you're like yeah i need to know every single thing he's doing mm-hmm. okay yeah of course you deserve to have a book deal then um but i mean he's not really taking anything away as far as he is concerned but think of all the photographers who are doing I don't know, maybe documentary photography work or really cool stuff that more people should maybe see. And they yeah. would not get a deal because they don't have those parents. They don't have the name. That's Yeah, that's what I mean when I say more deserving, not mm. you don't have to struggle. A lot of middle class people who like didn't have a lot of, you know, meaningful, deep struggle get <laughs> successful and we don't bat an eye, you know. Yeah. So do you think that the solve to this nepotism baby ick, which is what it is, we're all kind of it allergic is an to ick, it, yeah. would be them just owning it and being like, yes, I am here because of this, but I'm going to do a really fucking good job. Yeah, I think so. So just referencing it and, and accepting and accepting, agreeing. Accepting, yeah. Um, mm. For example, Stranger Things, mm-hmm. Maya Hawke. Yeah. She's got two actors for parents is that ethan hawke's kid yeah <gasps> and her mom is uma thurman <gasps> a scandalo yeah oh my god <laughs> so it's like of course you're in stranger things but also you're fantastic but also i didn't know yeah see this is the thing if you don't have the name itself if you have a different name although she has hawk hawk but hawk. like i think that's a smart one <laughs> do you think because i don't have my mom's last name and it's really served me because people don't automatically go, ah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, and your mum didn't e- even use her last name on stage every- anyway. True. A, like, yeah. Which stage I name. think it's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Sparing you from that if you wanted to be a musician yourself. Mm. Did that ever cross your mind? Being a musician? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can hold a tune, but they made my sister and I do the carols in the domain. Um, just because that was nepotism at its absolute finest. Yeah. They were like, you guys do a three-part harmony, Amazing Grace, we'll televise it, put it on Channel 7. <laughs> and it went completely unchecked. And I was doing the high harmony, and it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and many others, I think. Yeah. So, yes, I can see how it can go terribly wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I'm going to see that footage at some point you absolutely won't i'm gonna get kicked out from you for your entire life (laughs) i'm going to contact channel 7 directly it will be cremated with me the original (laughs) tape thank you (laughs) so now that we have solved nepotism (laughs) um aka just say you are nepotism baby be talented and move on Um, it's solved everyone you can stop stressing now Um, (laughs) something else we've been talking about has been wife guys Mm. are we wife guys we really thought about it for a long hard minute there yeah I was embarrassed because I um, don't self identify as a wife guy Mm. but I was going to talk about this on another episode and mentioned it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to define it between us, what yeah. a wife guy actually is. Okay. So I did a lot of research on wife guys, and I think the term was coined 
A little while ago, in 2017, there was a viral post on Instagram where this guy posted about his wife. Mm-hmm. And his wife, for reference, is like a human woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, human, a human woman who isn't like a, the, a size that you typically see wrapped on like runways. But, you know, that being said, she's just... Like still straight size, you know, she's maybe like a 12 or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I love my wife despite her not being everyone else's type. Okay. Um, Relax. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was often teased for liking girls who weren't skinny. No, you weren't. <laughs> That's a flat I know. And um, it turned into a meme really quickly because everyone was like, so you want a medal for loving your wife who is a human woman. (laughs) (laughs) And um, his personality kind of was a lot centered around his wife, even made a song at some point. And then more popular, more in popular culture recently, wife guys have been Adam Levine. Oh. (laughs) Um, John Mulaney Mm. and the Try Guys wife guy. I don't even know who that is. Well, there were these guys. I mean, this is like a bit old now. So I feel like even we're talking about it because it's like this happened two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, There's this group of four guys called the Try Guys who started on BuzzFeed when that was still a thing. Mm. And when BuzzFeed kind of closed, they moved to their own platform and they were I think try stuff and YouTube about it. Oh, I thought you meant try as in three. It's really bothering me that oh. there was four of them. I understand now. <laughs> try. Okay. Like trying like out. effort. Effort. Okay. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. um, had one of them who was a cheater and they, mm-hmm. the other three were like, you're no longer a try guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess now they are the try guys. I like that. There's three of them. I like that they bullied him out of the group. Yeah, me too. That. It's kind of like those government ads that they had for like, don't be domestically violent to your wife. Do you remember those? Well, they're they still like, on, say something. They're still ongoing. Oh, they are. Yeah, but I think they're like targeting kids now. Oh god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> starts early. I know about right? domestic violence. Starts early. <laughs> it's like a boy being mean to a girl, and then it's like you know, kind of pointing out that it's bad. Just those ads, they need to rehire. I'm just going to say, if there's anyone listening that works for those ga- those ad people, please, like, just change your staff. Remember this one that was like a, a milkshake metaphor? Where it was like, don't, I had some of your milkshake. You need to ask permission. It was like this really broad. Anyway. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. Um, wife guys. Wife red flag. guys. Wife guys are a red flag. But then well, neither of us are guys. No, this is true. <laughs> But we have wives. Yes. Mm-hmm. One, singular. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was recording, you know, myself talking shit about wife guys, I was like, oh my God, I post about my wife all the fucking time. Mm. Am I the problem? I feel like a wife guy's personality is entirely based in the wife existing. You're right. That and is one of the definitions. You need to like, have hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> and you have hobbies. I do. So do you. And so do I. I think that's the important thing. You know, like your your whole feed doesn't suddenly become, oh my God, I love my wife. Yes. Despite or because mm. or whatever. Because it's a statement, but it's also like 
I love my wife, but then so many people are hiding behind that. It's always like a but for me. Mm. I'm like, what is it really that you're trying to say? Yeah. When it's just all that. And most of the time it's, but I'm cheating on her. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well. We're watching The White Lotus at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommended. Maybe that will be the review or recommendation for this week. Yeah. Watch The White Lotus. Yeah. Season two. Um, I mean, you can watch season one if you want. It's also good. It's mm. good, but it's, they're not connected. Mm. Um, and also, I'm like, is there truly anyone under the sun who hasn't watched the show? The White Lotus? Yeah. Mm, not that I've met. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think it's got a couple, two couples as well, without spoilers. There, there are two couples in this show, okay? <laughs> if this bothers you, <laughs> me saying this about the show, giving it away. There's two couples, and both of them are like a heterosexual married couple. Um, I wouldn't say that either of them are wife guys, mm. but there's, there's an interesting relationship dynamic. Absolutely. And I think one of them would be way more likely to like brag about his wife than the other. Mm-hmm. And that one also looks like he's the cheater. Yes, it does look like that. We've yet to find out what actually happens. But I think that bravado and the obviousness of it, like the declaration, like I love my wife, my wife, my wife. Mm. It's kind of transparent that it's made, it's overcompensating. Overcompensating, I think, is the right word. I think so, too. I do also feel like sharing things about my relationship online is fulfilling to me. Mm. It makes me happy, Mm. and I don't want to stop doing it just because of a fucking wife guy elsewhere. (laughs) I feel like, as with many things, it's different in a queer context. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I know that that's totally elitism, but it does feel like... um, there is still work to do with platforming, queer marriage particularly, because yeah. it's um, it's just historically overlooked. So I feel like that is the reason that I'm using to justify me posting all the time about you all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Hmm. I also feel like you shouldn't have to justify posting about your partner. And by becoming a wife guy, you are sort of doing that because you're justifying why you're posting about your wife so much by making it your personality when it could Mm. just be like, oh, and here's my wife. And we went to that together because we go to things together instead of being like, I take my wife everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And look at me for taking her everywhere. I could have left her at home (laughs) to do the dishes. But guess what? I stack the dishwasher sometimes. (laughs) Bitch, I do all the dishes. Yeah, you do. It does beg the question, though, like, who are we justifying to? What is this? Like, where is the jury here? The jury is everyone on Instagram. Everyone. So everyone's just watching everyone to see if they fuck up or, like, to judge their presence. I think so. And, you know, um, with all the Smith bad luck I had the week before you came. I do know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A few people were like, somebody has it out for you, evil eye do this a ritual to remove the evil eye, which we did. We did. And the evil eye essentially is somebody wishing harm upon you, but also it can manifest itself in people like giving you maybe like a fake compliment and you think they're looking out for you, but they're not. <gasps> so I was thinking about that. And I'm thinking about who could have 
put this on me. Shade. Shade. Yeah, it's it's shady. Ooh. And people online, and I think we do this too, you know, you'll see someone post something and you like it, and then you send it to your friend group and you're like, look at this fucking post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. What's going on? But like, I'm liking it, or I might even like comment a love heart. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you think you can curse people online? I think so. You do? Oh, God. I think I think everything that used to be done in the public square <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, okay. now, is now online. That's the other thing about Twitter, right? Like, people are sad. Twitter is kind of maybe disappearing. Who the fuck knows? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think... The reason for that is that Twitter is really open. Like on Facebook, you have to add someone as a friend or follow mm. them in order to see their tweets. Mm. But on Twitter, their algorithm makes it so you see tweets that people you follow have liked or retweeted. That's true. It's very open and you can, somebody could find my tweet on their Twitter for you page, I guess, mm. without even following me. Mm. Mm-hmm. While a lot of other social media doesn't really have that without you seeking it out yeah. specifically yeah so it's kind of become the internet's town square it has and mm. like coliseum in a way as well yeah i do definitely feel <laughs> drawn like... and quartered <laughs> yeah twitter is the most similar like to a bloodthirsty sort of visceral experience and that's why i love it so much like i'll just go there when i'm feeling a bit murderous and be like look at everyone ripping each other apart yeah and it's satisfying it is satisfying. It's only getting worse so it's great for me it really is <laughs> i think with instagram it has that same aspect of you can see things that aren't by people you follow you can get people on your discovery page or whatever but because it's image based I think people hesitate a bit more before <laughs> tearing people apart in the way. Yeah, interesting, because you can look into their eyes. Yeah, because you can like see their profile and you can get more of an idea about what somebody is about mm-hmm. via photos and videos. So Twitter is like getting road rage. Like, yeah. Because you're in your car, you can drive past the situation and just give them the middle finger. You can. But on Instagram, you're like walking up to them on the street and king-hitting them, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or you're, you're saying, you're, you suck. <laughs> you fucking suck. Why you just delivered that to me? I'm sure. <laughs> Looking into your eyes. You suck. You suck. <laughs> Thanks, babe. It's been really great. <laughs> mm. So sharing your life on social, my life on social, I think is what cursed me with the evil eye for sure. Really? Mm. That's devastating. It feels like an occupational hazard for you. It is, you know. So mm. um I've protected myself against it now. But then again, the people that showed up for you were also people that were watching you on Instagram. Exactly. This is the town square again coming together. <laughs> You're a town square. <laughs> and a town circle. <laughs> no, but um, it is true. The people who did come together on Instagram to help me were all there watching me. But, you know, people can watch you with love or hate. That's true. That was one of the most like reinvigorating experiences with social media that I think I've had by proxy Mm. just watching the good elements of the internet surface because we're so used to being inducted to all of the awful things about the internet and how it's not safe or it's lying to us but then yeah and how how that's what adam levine uses to (laughs) slide into instagram girl dm yeah no you're like the opposite of the adam levine effect 
Yeah. Mm. The Bihati Pinslow effect. <laughs> That's his wife's name for all of um, those of you who have not been following this saga. Yes, we should concentrate on her more anyway. True. Mm. What about the wife guys' wives? Yeah. Silenced. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's like a real housewives concept. Real housewives are desperate housewives. They're not desperate. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. They're empowered. Empowered housewives of yeah. white guys. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. You're so welcome. It's been a real little treat. I'm probably just going to sit here while you record the rest. You will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with this, we are at the end of this episode of the Non-Dairy Presenting Podcast. Like we just mentioned, I would highly recommend watching The White Lotus, which you can watch on binge. I have also been binge watching or comfort watching Daria in the last week, which is also on binge. And for this week's review slash recommendation as well, I'll just give a shout out to a local business called Corn Candles because one of their candles is burning right now and it smells like coffee which I think is very non-dairy presenting and they also have these cute candles that are shaped like corn. Um, this is not sponsored, just a genuine recommendation. I did purchase that coffee candle and with that I will say goodbye and see you next week. <laughs>